the ANZ Premiership Wrap, your complete weekend wrap of all things netball. Here we go, Malcolm Jordan, Yvonne Willering with the Netball Podcast and we are covering off round number eight that has been and the final game in round number eight of the ANZ Premiership for uh, season 2022 was at Event Finder Stadium on Auckland's North Shore. That was the Monday night game, the second placed Mystics taking on the fifth placed Magic and it was the Mystics that triumphed by 12 goals in the end. They won all four quarters of on 12-11, 16-12, which meant that they led at halftime by 28-23. to They won the third quarter, 13-9. The fourth quarter, 15-12. The Mystics running out the winners by 56-44. If we analyse that initially, the Magic Boy, they were in it in those first two quarters, but they could not capitalise on the number of general play turnovers committed by the Mystics. If they had, they might have found themselves in front at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, the the Magic actually played pretty well. If you look at it compared to their last outing, and like they said, they haven't played for a couple of weeks as well. Yep. But I thought, yeah, they played reasonably well. Appreciate they're missing two really key players. Ekinacio is a big deal. You know, her and Bailey Mears, when we did see them together, that was a really great combination, yep. you know, and uh, that's what they've been working on in, in trainings. And also uh, Georgia Tong. I know she hasn't been with them for a while, but don't forget pre-season and leading into the competition, she was there. It just would have provided Mary Jane Aroa different combinations because then she could have really put others uh, up a little bit. Edgecombe could have perhaps gone to wing defence and you could have had Sam Winders and Claire Kirsten up there had you also had Tong in the equation as well. So she's limited there today. I don't think Mystics are going to be totally happy with that performance. No, I agree. You know, yes, yes, you know, like I think uh, Fitzpatrick got a number of intercepts, absolutely. But if you actually analyse it like the the Magic, yeah, they they really, um, they... They had possession and they didn't capitalise on it, you know, and that often happened in the midcourt. Grace Nowicki, I know she got 47 out of 50, but appreciate if it's a penalty, it doesn't count. It's not like two shots. So sometimes you've got to say, you know, maybe, you know, you needed to stay off her if the shot was a little bit longer. But certainly Magic at parts, I thought they actually played pretty well considering that is not a combination that they've gone with very often at all. And yeah, they might have trained with that at times, but having trained with it is totally different than an ANZ com- in a game where you have to step up the line where there's also the crowd right there behind you. So, yeah, the, the Mystics will say, yeah, great, also no bonus point involved. So, you know, they get maximum points. But Magic can take a little bit of heart from that. Um, that I mean, they're not going to win the competition. I mean, that, I don't think it's that long to go. You know, I know you can still have a lot of losses and still come through. But right now they should be looking at this going, yeah, that was another step up from what we played the last time. You know, it's just for them. I just wish they were able to. And it's I know it's difficult through COVID times, but just to get stability to their lineup. Yeah, I mean, they don't have Tong. They don't have Ignacio tonight. We understand she hasn't uh, been well. And also uh, Kiana Williams Williams, is due to come back. She's got a back injury and she's due back in May at some point. We're now into May. But she came on beautifully last year, didn't she? And they'll be waiting for her to come back. But she was great at goal attack Mm. with Ekinacio there as well. They've got some riches up front when they can get them all into the game. Yeah, because at the beginning of the season, you know, when we looked at all the team plays, and I was one of them, and I said, whoa, look at the magic lineup. You know, that could be a really good comment. 
culmination. But we haven't seen that culmination at any time yet. You know, and I and we go, yeah, okay, when it does come, it's it's gonna be really good. But it's that's just so frustrating when, you know, as a coach particularly, when you don't know what culmination is gonna go on. And tonight before the game, we not, neither of us really knew who was gonna take the court for magic. Whereas we knew for the mystics, generally speaking, who was gonna go on and who the subs were. And they've been sticking to that the whole way through. And we've said right from the start, and Mystic is going to be a very difficult team to beat because they are a quality side, but also they have kept their players together, and that does make a huge difference. Will Mystics make a difference if Fitzpatrick's not there or if Nowicki's not, not there? Yeah, it makes a huge difference to them as well, and other teams are feeling that. Yeah, and the Magic were also really struggling initially to get the ball into their shooters as well, whereas it was a lot smoother at the other end for the Mystics. Yeah, absolutely. You know, And yeah, not take nothing away from them. When they get ball in hand, the Mystics, you know, they are quick through that midcourt, and that is what it's all about. And if you can do that, it means that defensively you can't set up against them. Whereas in, in reverse, the Magic, they were slow through that midcourt, so it enabled, obviously, the Mystics' defense to set up their combination, and they did that really well. And, uh, yeah, the Mystics, they just carrying on through the competition and obviously gaining the points as they go along. I see that Grace Inwicki yeah. was named a player of the match for the Monday night game, 47 from 50, 94 percent you and I no. might have been more inclined to give it to Fitzpatrick who had five intercepts uh, eight or nine maybe even ten um, deflections as well she was working mm. so hard back there and had a we thought had a great game and maybe would have given it to her yeah and and you can look at stats and sure that's only one aspect of it and again you've got a situation uh, you know uh, how hard did she work to get those shots and you know she had a lot of, don't forget but the feeders have a heck of a lot to do with her shooting accuracy as, as well yep. if she gets the ball and you know not under pressure then she'll shoot them and you had a situation where really Fitzpatrick at critical times she came through for the intercept you know she it was very quiet at the beginning of the game and that's why it was only 12-11 in that first quarter but she came to the party not just her I think Karika certainly uh, did as well. That combination works really well together. But Fitzpatrick, if you look at it, yeah, the, the stats indicate it, but also it's her general play and how she rallies the people around her. So yeah, I would have given it to her because yeah, it is easy to give it to a shooter and I'm not taking anything away from it. She did the bulk of the shot. Well, you know, she had 50 attempts, uh, you know, so yeah. <laughs> you can't so go against that. The Mystics winning the Monday night game by 12 56 to 44. Right, let's go back to the Sunday game where, whoa, the tables were turned, weren't they? Because on the Wednesday the Pulse dealt to the Stars by 10 goals, Yvonne and it was the Pulse's third win on the trot and then again on the Sunday the two, the same two teams met. It was the fourth game I think in 12 days for the Pulse and the Stars you would have to say maybe an upset low scoring game but the Stars turning the tables and getting up by one goal mm. 47 to 46 turning the tables. So those two teams meet uh, twice within four days, but everyone said, "Oh, what a what a really good game it was!" It was maybe good because it was a close game, Yvonne. Yep. But the defence was obviously the defenders had obviously picked up because it was low scoring, 47-46 to the Stars. And I saw someone give it a match uh, rating of nine out of ten. Yeah. But really, I saw what that. was your rating? Yeah, I saw that. No, I would have only given it a six. Yep. Reason for that is that, yep, you've got a situation where you, you said it, you know, Pulse won by 10 goals. 
you know, but they had a really slow, slow start to that game, and I'm going, whoa, you know, have you come to play? Maybe, because they have played so many games in so many days and, 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 and everything on that one, but they made mistakes. They lost that first quarter 14-10, and that's what actually was the game. That was the end of it, really, because they had trouble coming back for that. Second quarter was a draw. Third quarter, the Pulse won 13-10, and the last quarter was a draw as well. Yep. Um, you and know, low and, scoring. Yeah, but Jury and Manua, didn't, they didn't have the same effect. Like, they always like a jury in particular and we've said her all the time you know she comes out for intercepts and she had a really quiet game she basically pegged back onto the uh, onto the star shooter Maya Wilson she stayed deep and they stayed on her rather than coming out for the intercept so it wasn't what you call the true game from the pulse it was quite different to what yep. you normally see them play you know did they just come out and expect to win I don't believe that I think they got some quality players and I think really the stars were in a situation they had nothing to lose so that, so they went for it. Um, so yeah, Pulse fifty-two attempts at goal and Stars sixty-one attempts, and I think that's what that's really what what said it. Mana was taken off at one stage, and Paris Mason came on. Which she's was a good kid. Perplexing. Yeah. Yeah, she's a good kid, but she's young and inexperienced. It didn't work because, she, and the reason it didn't work is because she was taken off again about a minute and a half later. You know, and they lost that continuity. And the Stars managed to win it with both shooters in the seventy yeah. percent mark. Yeah. Which is really unheard of, isn't it? You need someone in the mid to high 80s normally to win a game, both in the 70s, and they managed to get up and uh, beat the Pulse 47-46 mm. in that uh, low-scoring game. Right, we have one make-up game to come that was postponed from the Sunday, and that is the Steel and the Tactics. That will be on Wednesday night um, of this week. And then also Round 9. Man, there's lots of games in Round 9 in the ANZ Premiership. We've got two games on the Saturday Mystics and the Tactics and the Stars and the Magic. Two games on the Sunday. Uh, we've got the Magic and the Tactics and the Stars and the Mystics. And then the Monday night game, which we'll have commentary of. Steel versus the Pulse on the Monday night. The NNL final, Yvonne, who's in it? Yeah, really interesting, really. Mainland and Central, so North and South. You know, they've worked hard. They've come to finally, uh, you know, to the big final. It's on the 7th of May. And that's also going to be interesting. Those are our players of the future. It's a development league, and so you're going to see mistakes, but they are the players of the future, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Okay, terrific. Let's look at the ANZ Premiership ladder. The Mystics are now on top. Played eight, they've won six. They're on 20 points. The Pulse played nine, won five. They're on 18. The Steel are in third. Played six, won four on 12. As are the Stars, but they've played seven, won four, and they've got 12 points. And the Magic and the Tactics bringing up the table on four points each. Thank you to Yvonne Willering. I'm Malcolm Jordan analysing round eight of the ANZ Premiership. The ANZ Premiership Wrap, your complete weekend wrap of all things netball.